This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I mean, wow, everybody. How's it feel? Tell me. We made it through the rain. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, they're back, ladies and oh gentlemen. My Apparently, God. the world almost ended yesterday, and I didn't know it until it was over. Oh, I knew it. I finally, after two years, had some hot content I was proud of, I was excited. Wait, 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 wait. What do you mean after two years? You put up some racy, racy content regularly. Yeah, but this was my first time hosting a big festival in two years. My outfits were fire. I felt <laughs> and looked gorgeous. I went and posted a little story, a hard post, and it went down. It just went down. I was like, of course, fine, it's great. Instagram, I have all these new Facebook, lesbian followers. WhatsApp, all down. Also, they're all owned by Facebook, just in case you didn't yeah. know. They're all the same company. Mark Zuckerberg he is a disaster. He lost a couple billion dollars yesterday, didn't Good. he? Good. I think, you know what I think? I think they did it. I think it's a power play because he's oh. under investigation right now and they're looking into all sorts of things. You know, Facebook whistleblower testifies before the Senate. That's the headline literally on CNN right now. It's all a distraction, people. Facebook is evil. The reason we got Donald Trump, a lot of I, I, I hate Facebook. Yeah, Facebook is problematic AF. Now Instagram, I still love because they make a lot of money off of it. It's owned by Facebook. Also saw a headline a moment ago that uh, Instagram algorithms were pushing female uh, eating disorders oh, and God. glorifying them. So we like, did a story on that. Geez. We talked about that. I listen. I feel like. Somebody made this post that uh, there were two posts that were made. One said, could you imagine logging back into Instagram finally? And it's saying for $9.99 a month, you can subscribe back to Instagram. Like imagine if they charged us. But two, someone said people, I would. Mm -hmm. People also said, what if they're trying to uh, make people get vaccinated? Like we're going to shut social media down until Mm. everybody gets vaccinated. Well, they're part of the anti-vax problem though is the, is the issue especially facebook there's a lot of disinformation they finally are starting to like hammer down on some of that stuff but uh, it's, it's all so problematic it's all really fascinating to me too like the amount of people who immediately got on instagram right after it came back and all of a sudden i kept seeing did you miss it or is it kind of nice i'm like okay you're or, or, or they start dragging other people well it was funny because it was only media. a couple hours and i was like it was like six hours it was wasn't just it? it was like six eight hours yeah, yeah. Like, and it was people were having a meltdown yeah now did you guys see the meme about oh facebook and instagram is down go vaccinate your parents yeah go no say what go, go vaccinate your aunts and uncles yeah they yeah. had that too what did that have to do with the facebook just because all the vaccine disinformation that oh, yeah. oh yeah right well, totally twitter's like 
Hey, hi. Twitter Twitter tweeted, hi, literally everyone. Oh, my God, I know. And then McDonald's came in and was like, would you like to order something? He was yep. like, yeah, a couple million chicken nugs. They're all ready to go. Yeah. It was a wild day. It was day. funny. Uh, also, here in Southern California, not only did it rain, thunder and lightning like crazy. Oh, my God. My poor Rocco has never experienced a full-on thunderstorm. I, my, all my dog owner friends, all my dog parents out there, you understand this if your dogs get a little bit anxious during storms. My friends were all posting about it. We were all texting each other. My dog laid up against the glass and watched it the whole time. And I FaceTimed my mom. She goes, honey, lightning can come through a window. I'm like, well, what are the chances, Kathy? I'm going to let them just enjoy the Kathy enjoy said the they can come through the window? Yeah, it actually did that to one of our friends. What? <laughs> yes, back in Ohio, somebody got hit by lightning through their living room window. What? Yeah, it's very possible. So, Is that real? Yes. <gasps> yes. It's but a plasma. There's a whole like lightning. Sh- I I think I've seen lightning in Los Angeles one time in 15 years until last night. It was incredible. It was, was incredible. But Rocco and- boy was shaking. We had to give him his little thunder vest. He was terrified. I think my dog's too dumb to understand. He should be afraid of things. I think it's he's okay. Just too tra- he's a COVID dog. Well, see, we he rescued we rescued Rocco. So yeah. Rocco man was a street guy. Yeah, not, you know he was he was having to serve his own business for a long time. Not Kingston. He gets groomed every other week and yeah. just likes to cuddle. Yeah, and get treats. Yeah, Rock- enough about stuff in L.A. What's going on on the show today, guys? Oh, who knows? Who cares? Instagram was down. That's the big That's story. That's the big story. And I'm back from Dino. Wish I was there. <laughs> Well, coming up in about uh, 12 minutes from right now, are there benefits to being unattractive? I wouldn't know, uh, but I'm going to ask you, Michaela, in this this next segment, because maybe you might have some advice for us. Yeah, maybe. Might have some life experience you want to share. Also, Carl Nassib, you know him, you love him. He's the first openly gay professional uh, football player in the United States, uh, and we've got some really incredible audio of him in a recent interview where he's just sort of letting, letting others know, hey, I've got you. I've got your back. It's really yeah. sweet, really touching. Um, but right now, uh, I want to go over to Michaela's side of the studio uh, for some pressing news on the beat. What do you got for us? All right. Well, the Biden administration is allowing a plan to move forward for raising a pride flag and installing a permanent flagpole in Christopher Park right across from Stonewall Inn and on federal property encompassed by the Stonewall National Monument. Under the Trump administ- administration, activists were not able to raise a flagpole or pride flag despite repeated requests with the National Park Service that were ultimately not Accepted. Now, Gay City News reports that after years of disputing whether the proposed placement of the flagpole was federal land or not, the Biden administration and Secretary of the Interior, Deb Haaland, has received the proposal and is allowing the plan to move forward. What an a-hole you have to be, really, to be like, no, you can't put a rainbow flag up. That's bad for America. Duh, that's Trump. It's just so... All right, let's get into weather. It's going to be a high of 79 in L.A. today, 79 in Vegas, a high of 91 in Palm Springs, 86 in Miami, 86 in Phoenix, 75 in Baltimore, 75 in St. Louis, a high of 82 in Sacramento, 91 in La Quinta, and 91 in Cathedral City. And give us a vibe of the day. It's not so much about where your motivation comes from, but rather how you how it manages to survive. It's easy to get motivated in a moment. Keep it going. That's the trick. Yeah. Work on yourself. Work on yourself. All right. This is a very interesting article. People are saying there's really big benefits to being unattractive. And we're going to tell you what those are coming up next. Let's talk about labels. The classics still exist. Jock. Geek. Rocker. Mean girl. Sorry. But what I didn't know was I had a brand new label. Where are your girls at? It's actually not my job to give you intel on my best friends. It kind of is, though, as they're duff. Sorry, as their what? Duff. D-U-F-F. Designated ugly fat friend. What did you just say to me? Every- but. What? But. Okay, but. 
Is it possible that there are pros to being, I'm not going to say what he said, but pros to being unattractive? That's what this new article is claiming. A lot of people who claim to be uh, their self-described unattractive people say, listen, it's better than you think to be unattractive. We live in a world that often just simply celebrates beauty above everything else, right? We want anti-aging creams. We want that next treatment to keep us looking young and fresh forever. Uh, but to those who those who maybe don't value that as much, maybe those who might not be as blessed uh, physically as others, are they actually living happier lives? I wouldn't know. I'm gorgeous. I mean, I, the beauty that I see every day I look in the mirror is just, it blows my mind. So I, I probably can't relate to this story. Well, uh, but Michaela, I you, can. You've had some ugly phases. Yeah. So you, when I was growing up, I never felt pretty. A couple weeks ago. Yeah. There's I mean, I'm beautiful one, now, one. but I paid for it. So <laughs> it's good. Uh, no, growing up, I did not feel pretty. No matter what anybody told mm. me, I felt very ugly. I actually was really insecure about how I looked for well into my 20s even sometimes today but because I felt so ugly it made me have the best personality I had to be funny because everybody else was <laughs> right. pretty yes. do you know what I'm saying like uh-huh. I was like oh, I gotta bring something to the table it made me want to be a better singer because I felt like I'd never get by on my looks mm. but also in a world where women find sugar daddies based off of their appearance and that's how they get money no Tino shade I never felt pretty enough to be able to get a sugar daddy so I became confident enough to make my money my own money I didn't mm-hmm. rely on anybody and so I think that's what happens. Because look, the truth is, especially in 2021, you can buy how you look. I just saw this girl the other day, me and Lisa were talking about her, and she's stunning. She's gorgeous, but she doesn't really look like that. She had a lot of filler. Sure. She's had a lot of surgery. She's completely changed her appearance. Um, but you can buy that. And if you're yeah. not attractive, you're smart, you're mm-hmm. able to make a lot of money, you're funny, you have a great personality, then everything else you can just buy. Listen, I went through a real, real awkward phase through junior high and into high school where I was real I had really bad acne. I was six foot three when I was in seventh grade. I stood out like a sore thumb. And I also weighed like a hundred pounds soaking wet. I looked goofy as all get out. And I know that, but I think that I I, I did I do feel like I sort of came into my own physically probably my mid to late 20s, early 30s is when I started to feel like, okay, I feel like I'm an attractive person now. Like I feel like by and large, I'm okay. I can pull it together. I'm not one of those guys though that you wake up next to after a first date or whatever the first time you wake up next to somebody and you think, wow, I got lucky. He's hot. I wake up looking like a sloth. I look, I'm a disaster. My eyes are swollen shut. My hair is a mess. You know how some people you wake up to next to and they're just pretty? Just gorgeous. They just Lisa. Look, Her name's Lisa. Right? Stupid I'm not that bitch. person. I'm not that person. But thank God, luckily, my partner isn't really that person either. So we can pull it together when we need to. But this is really interesting though because people shared uh, a lot of reasons why uh, they actually prefer being unattractive. One person said... I've, this is from Princess Stomper. Okay. I've never been catcalled in my entire life. <laughs> Men have always treated me as an equal. Everyone assumes I am competent. Nobody cares that I am aging. Whoa. That right there takes a lot of pressure Yeah, the off. expectations are low. I just got Botox for the first time, you know, a few months ago. And I'm 41. I work and live in an industry that values 
your appearance over everything, whether you like it or not. You have to look a certain way to work in this industry. I, You know what, though? I'll say I think it was always like that, but I think that, thank God, we're starting to change this beauty standard and what people find beautiful because thank, yes. I think that what we found beautiful 20 years ago, like the Victoria's Secret's runway models, are now being found beautiful in Fenty's uh, yes. runway shows where Fenty, we're looking at regular bodies, d- different disabilities. But here's the thing. Here's here's where I, I agree and I disagree. That's, that's great for this generation. You and I aren't going to show up to a job next week and just look like trash. We're not. We're not going to look because people already know us. People know well, what to expect from you. They know what to expect from me. Whether you're attractive or not, you should never show up as trash because I think that's just grooming and self-respect. Yep. Do you know what I'm saying? But like this younger generation does. I mean, they, they wear big baggy clothes and they don't really care how they look and everything is, is pierced and tattooed and whatever. And that's all fine. But it's very different from how we came into the industry. Those things. Well, I it's wa- funny that you say pierced and tattooed because I'm getting my sleeve tomorrow and yeah. finishing it. And I always wanted to have tattoos. I loved them. I'm a rock star. Like I wanted to be a singer yeah. and I wouldn't get hired because of them. Mm-hmm. I wasn't any less competent. In fact, I was better than most of the hosts that went into sure. that room. But E or other shows, other networks didn't think that was appropriate. But I don't know if tattoos and piercings is the thing that makes us look bad. I, I genuinely think it's just how we present ourselves. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, just brush your hair, honey. Well, it's a mixed bag, too, because a lot of those people who are still in power at E and other places are still of that older generation. So they, it, it's it's a changing of the guard that's taking place, I think. Uh, one other person said shoplifting. As soon as you present as uneffable, no one is paying attention to you anymore. You can shoplift all day long. I love that one. Um, also, this one's interesting to me. Being invisible is so much easier. The best spy in the world is not going to look like James Bond. All they would need is to be unattractive enough to be deemed unwanted. It hurts, but it's true. However, those same invisible people see and hear everything. It's amazing the kind of crazy-ish people say and do when they think they're alone. Oh, my God. Like if you really That's think about true. that, James Bond walks into a room. Who do you notice? James Bond. Why is the spy always so attractive? And his sidekick, the the femme fatale, always stunning, gorgeous. You're gonna notice them right away. Yes, like a real, a real James Bond and 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 his sidekick or whatever would be totally uneffable, and you wouldn't even notice them if they walked into yeah. the room. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, hmm. this story is hilarious. A man committed insurance fraud and said the gay lifestyle made him do it. And honestly, after leaving Dinosaur this weekend, I uh. sort of understand. And we're gonna discuss next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. All right, Michaela, I want you to think about something or, or things that you've done in your life to keep up like with the scene, right? You just came back from the Dinosaur Weekend Amen. in Palm Springs, lesbians everywhere. Um, and I want you to be thinking about how you've tried to sort of keep up with the Joneses as, as a lesbian because this, this story coming from Australia is wild. And this man is an extreme, extreme version of what I think we can all sort of relate to, though. He's 25 years old, uh, and he his name is Dwayne Antojado. Uh, he is in all sorts of legal trouble because he lives in Melbourne, Australia. He set up 109 different identities, which he used to set up bogus insurance claims uh, that he would then use the money to spend on clothing, clubbing, and cocaine because that's what he needs to do, according to his attorney, uh, who says that he had to keep up with the lifestyle that he adopted. It was through that money that he acquired this lifestyle as a gay man, right? He uh, is in all sorts of trouble right now, but uh, his attorney says that the lifestyle there for a gay person is heavily based on going out, clubbing, being fit, healthy, and well-dressed, which was everything his client was not. So he did all of these things so he could afford nice clothing, MDMA, and cocaine so he could fit in. Okay. Okay? I'm going to tell you something right now. I have never used MDMA or cocaine in my life, and I am here, and I am queer. Right? I don't need to go do insurance fraud and create 109 different identities to bring, which is really impressive, by the way. I, I can, Michaela, do you know how to use your insurance once? Just yours? Because this guy had 109 of them set up. I, I spent months trying to find a, uh, a therapist, a therapist on my own insurance. Yeah. With my best friend, who's a therapist, and could not find a single therapist. Listen, insurance is so complicated to me. So he, had, he was able to fraud 109 different companies. Yeah. Well, he's an icon. He should be able to have the money then, <laughs> because it is very difficult to navigate. Listen, this is really says a lot about our community. I just came back from Dinosaur. Lesbians are a little bit different than gay men. At least they used to be. Lesbians are a little bit different now um, as far as there's more lesbians like myself that are very, very femme. It's very expensive, like the weave, the nails, the whole nonsense. And I think that particularly... You're not wearing with, flannels and cut off jean shorts. Absolutely yes. not. Which is, which is the, like, the idea. Yeah, of that's what not happening. Yeah, yeah. No. And I think that we're very, very judgy as a culture. And I think that we do make a big deal about who's got the drugs, who's got the better clothes, who's got the bags. Uh, people a lot of times do cocaine so that they can look skinny. They don't even really want to do it for the drugs. They just don't want to eat because we have so many uh, judgments about people's bodies, gay men's bodies, females' bodies. And although this is like not a good story and it's very, um, very bad of this bad boy, 
this is the pressure that we have put on as society that people need to be living this lavish, ritzy lifestyle. And when IG went off for a couple hours yesterday, I think it was nice for people, one, because we saw how many people actually rely on their whole life being on Instagram, mm-hmm. and two, basing their life off of other people's highlight reels. Well, it's really interesting you say that because when we were coming back from uh, Cancun the other day, we went down there for a quick little 39-hour jaunt to plan our wedding. We ran into uh, somebody who I've known for years, who's, who's known in the industry. Uh, he's, a, he's a gay man and very successful. Uh, and he was waiting in, uh, to get on the plane with his husband. And I was like, oh, my God, I haven't seen you in, I haven't seen you since before the pandemic. How are you? He was like, oh, whatever, making small talk. And his husband is very fabulous, very attractive, very attractive. Love. And, and we get on the plane, and they go sit in first class, and we sat in, like, Economy Plus, right? And I sit there for a second, and I was like, I'm thinking to myself, and my fiance says, did you, like, low-key want to tell them, hey, we flew first class on the way here? Did you want to say that to them? And I was like, oh, my God, yes. Oh, my God, yes. And I don't know why. That's so terrible. I don't care. We're spending our hard-earned money on the wedding of our dreams, and it's Cancun. So if you've ever flown first class to Cancun, those it's just a bigger seat. They're not really first class. They're crappy old planes. They're not that nice. So it's not really a difference between first class and economy plus. Anyways, but that's neither here nor there. We felt this need, and because and, in my mind, I was like, Oh, God, he's going to go back and say something to somebody. He's probably thinking about me right now, wondering why I'm sitting back here in economy. He's up there in first class. He's going to go back to L.A. and tell our friends. We have mutual friends in Hollywood. And that, it went through our minds. Isn't that the weirdest thing, though? Because, like, why? Why? Why why does it matter where I fly or where I sit or what I'm wearing? Do you know what I mean? Because I'm happy. My partner's happy. We love each other. We're planning a wedding. And also, to be fair... That thought might not have crossed his mind once. He to be fair, it probably of- didn't at all. You know, this thing I heard, and it's like such a reality check, is people are so so I- involved with themselves, yep. they don't even care about what yep. you're doing. And to be fair, that's true. When I walk into a party, I'm not like, oh, what is Sheila doing? I'm like, oh, God, do they think I look fat? Like, that's what they're, you know a what I'm saying? Percent. So, Dwayne, this young 25-year-old Australian... Listen, we, we hope it. you learn a lesson. We hope you find more accommodating, more comforting, more kind gays. Uh, because, honey, it, it's, we're more than cocaine and MDMA. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, speaking of gay culture, uh, Little Nas X is making a big reveal. And uh, it has to do with our childhood. I'm kind of into it. What? Coming up next. The Morning Beat. Channel Q. Welcome back to the Morning Beat. It's time for our first round of What's Poppin', Michaela. Your time to shine. Okay, so many things are happening with Little Nas X, and I just love him so much. So first of all, he completely trolled the internet when he told everybody that he uh, is tired of being gay and he misses the P, right? So people were like, oh, now he's straight. Dragged oh. him for a while, if that makes sense, right? Well, I, 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 I can't pro- say it on air. I, I get it. I didn't process that, th- that the right way in my brain. Right, that's okay. I, I processed it as P meaning the same as D. Oh, now right, because I, I guess they're the same. Got okay, it. no, no, no. He misses women. That's basically what it said. Yeah. So the internet lost their mind. Of course, people were like, well, you can't come back now. Ha, ha, ha. People did not get that. It was clearly a joke. So then the next day, he retweeted, oh, never mind. He texts back. Oh my gosh! <laughs> his little However, boyfriend is cute. His so cute. Bra- I think he's Brazilian. It's his backup dancer. He's the one. It's the one he kisses in all of his performances. Uh huh. They're hot together. I love them too. But he's making more news. Do you remember Bop It? 
Yes. I mean, not, kids. I mean, not kids. Bop, bop it, but also uh, kids, kids bop. bop. I also remember so, Bop it. The I pop love it, Bop it, it, it. By the way, uh huh. Yeah. I recently put, captioned that as a photo that I posted, looking like a little Bop but it. This is nothing. Anyhow, to do Anyhow, nothing to do with me. Uh, okay, so I used to go off on Kids Bop. I would be at my grandma's house. I'd be watching Nickelodeon, so good. and the like adult songs mm-hmm. would be sung by kids, and it was so great. Um, but now I'm an adult, and now I'm like I can listen to regular music. But my niece and nephew. Maybe they need kids pop, and by the list, by the sound of it, I think they do. Take a listen. The biggest kids pop album of the year is here. It's Kids Bop 2022 with some of today's biggest hits, sung by kids for kids. Not like okay, a, a wait. choir of kids singing "Call Me by Your Name." Wait, but that song is so nasty, <laughs> so good. and it's so good. Is WAP on there? Like, what else is there? Gosh. Oh my God, I know. How are you? Is Sweetie? Is Thought uh, on there? It's a lot. Yeah. This well, is funny. You know how old this makes me feel, though. That kids, well, I love that kids' bop is still around. I remember, remember now, now, now. that's what I call now. music. I got now, that's what I call music volume one. But also, and now it's like volume like 60 or something. But that was also at a time where like we really did rely on the radio to just play our favorite songs. Yes. And then you would try to record it off the radio. Because you would make like, your own like little mixtapes. You'd make your own CDs. Totally. Like now you've got iTunes, Spotify. You don't oh, need no, it. Oh, no, 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 Justin, that's not real. Now that's what I call now, music volume 109. No. Oh, grow up. That's an, I got volume one. God, how many must be coming out a year yeah. for it to be 109? Well, this one has Little Nas X, Olivia Rodrigo, jo- uh, Justin Bieber, KSI, The Weeknd and Ariana Grande, Coldplay, Billie Eilish. Okay, that's amazing. Who still buys CDs that have like all... I buy albums... That's what I'm saying. Little yeah. kids go on YouTube now, by the way. Yeah. I buy albums on iTunes still. When it's an artist I really care about, I still actually buy the album on iTunes because I want to support them as opposed to just streaming them. Mm-hmm. Um so my, and my fiance makes fun of me for that because he's a little bit younger than I no, am. No, I appreciate it as but, a singer. But I'm, if you bought the past 108, you have to buy 109 now. Well, yeah, I mean, you just can't. Uh, I wonder. You, know, you just have to have like a lifelong subscription. It just I, comes to you. I wonder if there's somebody who has all 109. You oh, know I'm there sure is. there is. I feel bad And their name is Justin Bernal. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How dare yeah, no, he, he got in on the trend around 72. Oh, he was like, wait, oh, what yeah. is this? Well, no, 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 no but on? he made sure to get good, online. good in the mid-40s. Yeah. The mid-40s, 42 to 47, that, that yeah, was that, the sweet spot. Yeah, that was when the, their golden age. That didn't stop you from getting all 109, Justin, and you know it. I can see it in your eyes behind your glasses. You might be flipping your eyes right now. Right now. No, he still has a CD tower in his living room. A thousand percent next to his DVD <laughs> tower. Those? those are good. <laughs> all right, well, coming up in our next hour, uh, Carl Nassib waited to come out for a long time uh, because he wasn't sure how it would affect his career. We've got audio of a recent interview, and we'll play that for you coming up next. Michaela, you're always on my mind. Did you know that? Thank you. So, well, mostly That's because, one of the most romantic things you've ever said to me. Well, it's mostly because you never stop talking, and when you're not with me, you always text me because you miss me and love me so much. It's true. Um, but also, wait, you are always on my mind. Wait, why did I read this thing the, the other day, and it was like, God, I really want to be a mysterious bitch, but I can't shut the F up. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I really feel that so it's much. <laughs> thousand percent you. I'm down in Mexico all weekend, coming back on a late flight, and I'm getting the text from Michaela in the middle of the night because she's raging with all the lesbians in the desert. And she's like, honey, I love you. You're my best friend. I miss you. I can't wait to see you. I, did. I was like, oh my gosh, go back to partying. I know. I knew you no, were. We well, were working, working slash partying. Well, I literally, I, I did. I genuinely worked all weekend. And then the last night I could finally dance. And I have to say, 
I love my partner, Lisa, obviously so much, but I feel like I grew up with Lisa in a lot of ways, and I feel like this weekend was such a reminder of how far we've come, Mm. and watching her DJ while I hosted, standing beside her while she DJed, I, when we first started dating, I would do that at Marquee at the club she used to play in Vegas, Mm -hmm. and I remember being like 26 and being like, oh my God, this is the most iconic thing that's ever happened to me. Like, this is such a big deal. And so standing there this weekend next to her, among our people, it was just so, uh, it was just so many emotions for me. And I felt like it was so great. But for Lisa, it's just a day at the office. Yeah, She's doing what she she does. Yeah, it's just a normal day. when we saw, when we went and supported you uh, at Denver Pride, I just wanted to remind you that we supported you. Um, (laughs) And we saw you perform and then we were up on stage with Lisa. That was, it was a packed venue, but it was smaller. Still wasn't, you know, a Vegas club or a festival, but we were raging on that stage, honey. We were doing fan work for the gods. Oh my God, it was the incredible. We had so sure much they fun. They loved my fiance and I. They did. A couple of really super masculine men on stage with fans. Oh yeah, they loved it. <laughs> it was so great. Oh, well, I love you. I also love when you give us news on the beat. I can't wait to hear what's going on in the world. Okay, so this is interesting. Uh, while well, out Senator Kirsten Sinema denounced a group of immigration activists who followed her into a bathroom to try to get her to support immigration reform, President Joe Biden seemed pretty relaxed about the incident, calling it part of the process. Sinema's opposition to Democrats' Build Back Better bill, as well as the money she has received from corporations, her support for the 60-vote filibuster rule that's blocking most Democratic initiatives, and her flippant attitude towards her constituents have put her in the spotlight for the past few weeks. Yesterday, immigration activists associated with Living United for Change in Arizona tried to confront her about it at Arizona State University uh, and posted the video to social media. In the video, Cinema went into a public bathroom uh, as activists just tried to talk her out of it. One activist named Blanca talked to Cinema while she was in the stall and told her that both of her grandparents got deported in 2010 and that she couldn't go to Mexico when her grandfather died. Uh, they asked Cinema to support the Build Back Better bill as she left the bathroom. She did not engage with the activists. However, she did say yesterday's behavior was not a legitimate protest. It's unacceptable for activist organizations to instruct their members to jeopardize themselves by engaging in unlawful activities, such as gaining entry to closed university buildings, disrupting disrupting learning environments, and filming students in a restroom. Does she okay? But he, okay, sure. She's on the toilet. I guess that's a kind of a safe space. It should be. I get that. Where else would you like these activists to get a hold of you when you're constantly shielded from the public and unwilling to listen to them? Like where else? That's how. Do you know how activism works? It's yeah. always they're disruptors. That's what activism is by definition. Yeah. And if Kirsten Cinema is going to just ignore the people that voted her into office and ignore the the party that supports her, then she's going to be held accountable. Yeah. Like you don't just get to single handedly hold up the entire government for it's you know true. because you don't feel like getting on board. Yeah. It's true. All right, let's get into some weather. A high of 91 in Cathedral City, 91 in La Quinta, 72 in Cleveland, 75 in Baltimore, 86 in Phoenix, 88 in Houston, 91 in Palm Springs, 79 in Vegas, and 79 in L.A. Now give us a vibe of the day. It's not so much where your motivation comes from, but rather how it manages to survive. Find a way to not just be motivated in the moment, but hold on to that. Yeah. And let it let it drive you forward. I love that. All right, coming up, Carl Nassib waited to come out because he did not know if it would ruin his career. And he talks about it. We've got the audio coming up next. 
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. So Carl Nassib uh, got a lot of attention this last year for coming out of the closet as the first openly gay NFL player actively in the NFL. Uh, plays for Michaela's hometown Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders. That's still weird to say for me. Oakland Raiders in my brain, but Las Vegas Raiders. He's a defensive end there. And uh, his story has really been super inspiring, uh, and it continues to inspire. He sat down for a rare interview. He hasn't done a lot of press. Uh, he's really focused on his, his, you know, his skills, his, his the sport as he should be. Uh, so he sat down with Comeback Stories podcast, which is hosted by Donnie Starkins and Darren Waller, uh, who is Nassim's teammate on the Raiders. It was a thirty-six minute interview. It was very intensive. Uh, covered a lot. Very open. Very honest. And to hear like this out queer player talking to one of his like straight counterparts from his football team, a professional football team, mm-hmm. so candidly and so freely, I think is really cool and really inspiring. And hopefully we hear more and more of this in the years ahead. Uh, but he did share a little bit of his coming out story. Coming out as gay is something that for a while that I wanted to do and just wanted to wait for the right moment. Um, I wanted to do it last year with, with the Raiders. Um but 2020 was such a mess, and we weren't even allowed to hang out with each other outside of the building. So, right. you know, I didn't really – like, and we didn't have OTAs. So I didn't know anybody on the team, didn't really have a vibe for it. So I really, like, didn't feel comfortable enough to do it. I wanted to make sure, like, the guys that I went to work with every single day um, were good dudes, were, you know, accepting dudes. And I, the, the locker rooms I had been in before were absolutely the same, just, you know – Football players, I've said this before, football players get a bad rap. And that's that's really real. It's really interesting to me how there's such a fear of being the first, of coming out while playing yeah. a professional sport. And and you got to think, these football players are in their 20s, 30s, unless you're Tom Brady, you're probably in your 20s, early 30s at the latest this is a younger generation. It's a different generation. These aren't the Dan Marinos, the the John Elway. That's not that generation. This is a very different generation. And and this generation uh, went to college, had queer friends. It wasn't an issue. They live in a world <clears throat> where maybe since they were in college or maybe for some of them even in high school since then, uh, same-sex marriage has been legal. Six years now, you got to think somebody's 22, 23 years old playing in the NFL. That's been legal since they were in high school. Mm-hmm. It doesn't impact them the same way. Um but what's life been like since coming out? I mean, like the answer that like that you probably expect is like, oh my god, a huge weight shift is lifted off my shoulders, and like I I wish that was the case. Like it is a it is a little more stressful, I will say. Um, you know, being the only out gay guy in the NFL is like a little little stressful, and it's gotten so much easier uh, since camp. Because you know there are others. That's the thing. It's so frustrating like, to say it's been actually more stressful to him. You know, there's others. Yeah, of course there are. Yeah, simple statistics, simple well, math tells us there's there's a number of them in, in the league. Also, knowing that there's others, and if you're just tuning in, we're talking about Carl Nassib uh, saying that he waited uh, to come out because he thought it would ruin his career. Imagine he waited the, an extra year for the pandemic. Extra, yeah. Uh, 
But imagine other players that are gay that have not come out. The pressure they must feel right now to come out. Yes. Now, like. That's always something when there's like a trailblazer and they do, it does leave room for people that have yet to come out be like, crap, I really feel the pressure. Like, am I wrong if I don't come out? I remember, I will not say his name, uh, but he was on American Idol. And uh, we've had a few people on American Idol come out, um, but it was not the, the thing to do in the first couple of seasons. Being gay was not cool. At all. It was not okay. And I watched a couple of my friends who were gay really hide that. Um, and keep that a secret. Somebody that was on my season who was actually looked at to to win the show, even over Carrie, was gay, got caught in some sort of scandal, kicked off the show, I never had Do you remember who I'm talking yes, about? Yes, of course I do. And so another friend of mine, he came out just a few years ago, and everybody knew that he was gay if you knew him in the inner circle. But um, he would not come out because people told him that it wasn't Right, so he was doing a lot of inauthentic Wasn't things. was good for his career. Yes, he would do a lot of inauthentic things. He would, you know, sing love songs about women. He yeah. would placate to women. It was so weird. And it seemed kind of, yeah, and it oftentimes comes across as kind of douchey or kind of weird, and you don't well, necessarily... Well, and the gay community your, yeah. that knew that he was gay was yep. like, oh, you're such a sellout, and then the straight people were like... There's something inauthentic that's just not mm-hmm. there. Yeah. They're not being totally, truly themselves. That's real. Um, he goes on to talk about, like, the stress of the job and how that has also changed since coming out. Some things were stressful. I mean... This job is very stressful, so like yes. a human being can only have so many stressors in their life. Um, and like I thought about it every once in a while, thought about like how I wanted to do it, um, when I could do it. Um, I didn't know how people would react. I wanted to make sure I was financially stable before I did it. I didn't know like if it would ruin my career. I didn't know if like guys would be supportive or not. Um, so I busted my ass to really um, make it in this league. That's real though, because you remember Michael Sam years ago came out and and he had no career. Yeah, and he was the defensive player of the year in the SEC that year. Find me another defensive or offensive player of the year from the SEC in the last twenty years who didn't have some sort of a decent career at least, who at least didn't get to start some games in the NFL. Find me one. Yeah. I bet you can't. Yeah. And people say, oh, he didn't quite hack it. He didn't. He, you know, didn't quite make it. Well, why? Yeah. The amount of pressure and the stress that goes on. A queer athlete who's come out of the closet who has to then manage that as well because you're literally carrying the world on your shoulders because <clears throat> the frustrating part would be, for me, every single thing you do is scrutinized. Now every single thing you say is judged and there are countless players in the league who are also closeted who you're now carrying the burden of them because they don't feel safe enough to come out just yet. That's a lot to deal with, but... He does have advice for some of those who maybe are in a similar situation or just maybe just in the closet um, and and trying to live authentically. I am terrible at giving advice, like with like coming out and like living their truth. I just started it. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? I my when I met my boyfriend, like he wasn't even out to his family. So he was asking me advice. I was like, dude, I I I was just I was like, I'm just supportive. Um, But. I have, what are, what are my friends? Like? I'm, I'm trying to like learn and, and right. be, you know, a, a vo- I, I always, I don't want to be a voice. I just want to like lead through my actions. And um, to anybody out there who's like struggling, like, I got your back. But you also, I mean? I'll f*** everybody up with you. <laughs> I mean, listen. But, but that's, also, that's, that's real advice though. I don't have advice. It's so real. I don't have advice. I don't know. Yeah. You know, sometimes giving no advice is better than giving bad advice. You know, I'll and... say this. I've learned I've learned this about myself. My best friend, uh, besides you, one of my best friends, uh, uh, is a therapist. 
And she often, she had to finally tell me after a few times that, hey, AJ, sometimes I don't need you to try to fix everything. Sometimes people who try to fix everything come from trauma as children. Yeah. Go through a lot of heartbreak. Same. I came, went through a really bad divorce as a child. And you try to make everything better. You try yeah. to make everybody happy. You try to please everybody. She's like, sometimes I don't need you to fix me. I actually usually never want you to fix me. Mm-hmm. I just need you to be supportive. That's it. Listen, me and, and Lisa just went to therapy. Mm-hmm. She said the same thing. She said, Michaela, sometimes I just want to yell at you and vent it out. Yep. And I don't want you to say anything. Yeah. But I want to fix it. Yep. But you're right. It's called adulting, I think. Oh, really? Hmm? That's adulting? Maybe. God, it's hard. All right, so Glee has had a more problematic run in recent years. They've had a lot of tragedy uh, with some of their former cast members, um, which has been heartbreaking. Add that on top of the Leah Michelle drama. Uh, People don't like her. They never did, apparently. Breaks my heart because this is one of my favorite shows for a long time, right? And so this story is a little bit lighter, okay? Because as you might expect, apparently the entire cast of Glee was getting it on with each other while the show was on air. This is all according to Kevin McHale, one of the stars of Glee. Of course, he played Artie uh, on the series, uh, a character who was in a wheelchair. Um, Kevin McHale, a wonderful actor, really incredible human. I've interviewed him a few times. And he was asked uh, on Twitter to respond to a tweet. And somebody said, name a job where all the employees having sex with each other. And he just wrote Glee, spelled it backwards. And people very, very quickly figured out what that meant. <laughs> that makes people question, though. Yes. Kevin Colfer? Or yeah. Kevin McHale and, and Chris Colfer, I mean? Uh-huh. Were they hooking up? Yeah, probably. Because we know Leah Michelle and Corey Monteith were together. They were together for a long time. Um, Who else? I don't know. I mean, listen, you have to think, too. Like, they're young. They're all getting famous at the same time. They're mm-hmm. together all the time. Yep. You create this bond with each other. I mean, there is audio from Naya Rivera's book, Sorry Not Sorry, where she talks about her relationship with Corey. Take a listen. Corey and I had a very brotherly, sisterly relationship, which was rare in a cast that had the sex drive of bunnies and the bed-hopping skills of a polygamous cult. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Um, well, But it's true. I, I mean, I feel like... How would I say this? I feel like when I've been in bands in the past or when I was in like, you know, like different casts or something, you you just bond with each other. And like you feel this like sort of closeness, this sort of intimacy. Well, you understand you're going through the same thing. Yeah. And it's like you guys kind of only have each other. And for that moment in time, it feels like there's no world except for this have, world right there. Have you ever, because sometimes I catch you just staring over at me weirdly. Have oh, you ever looked at me and God. been like, wow. He could maybe uh, he could maybe get it because he's the only person who understands what I go through every morning quite like this, and AJ's looking good to me. Do you ever think that to yourself? It's, it's all I think about. Gibson. <laughs> Gibson, I look at you and I say to myself, how will I keep my hands off of him today? Can, can you imagine? <laughs> I look at you and I say, you're, God. You're like my sister. I'm going to show up in my best sweats. <laughs> I'm going to wrap my hair up in a horrible bun and i'm gonna show him what i've got emil step aside i'm here now i've got my breakfast build on my shirt for the third day in a row i've worn it and i don't care i have lisa's underwear on and i'm ready to show you what i made i'm gonna of. tell you this i got up this morning and i was like god i did go to mexico this weekend flew all the way back from another country went to work yesterday 
I should probably shower today, and I showered this morning before work. Oh, way to so go. That, Listen, a shower before work? That's where I Catch am. Catch me on the flip side, baby. It was, I roll out of bed. Mm, it was a revelation. Stumble to the kitchen, pour myself a cup of hamburgers. Oh, no. I, this is funny, though. Talking about, you know, casts that do this, uh, we had on our podcast. You were on our podcast. You were on our very first guest the on uh, my Confess Your Mess podcast. Um, and we had Laura Morano, uh, singer and actress from Austin and Allie on. And we asked her about that. Like, what's it like? She's like, well, I grew up in the industry. Yeah. I've been an actor since the time I was like six. And there was definitely a lot of hooking up going on in the Disney sets and the Nickelodeon sets. Because not just your cast, but you're usually on a, uh, on a studio lot oh, with, with other, other shows ca- filming. Uh-huh. And you would sneak away for lunch breaks or things like that. And you'd become friends with everybody. And she's like, you go to school with them. They maybe have a teacher there for all the kids that are your age. You take oh, that's true. tutoring during the day together. So like... You grew up with them, and then all of a sudden you're a teenager with them, and hormones happen, and all that's very, very real. And you're looking good, baby. Also remember the cast of Glee, by and large, many of these people were in their 20s when they started playing 14, 15-year-olds. So there are already adults. They're already sexually yeah. active adults. Yeah. Who are and then what's what's sexier than a bunch of you know girls in cheerleading costumes and boys in like football like pants and like uniform? You know what I mean? And it's they're true. And, and you're grown adults. I mean, listen, I hooked up with a, a majority of my guitar players or drummers. Um, maybe not even not a majority. The way. Wow. Okay, <laughs> know, that, that, that really so really rolled off the tongue. <laughs> I, you know, I hooked up with the majority of my guitar players. Why specifically guitar players? Michaela, can you list a percentage? <laughs> Shut up. I don't even know how it came out like that. Guitar players really know how to strum those drums, though. Guitar players are like lesbians. Yeah, no, 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 guitar players don't use drumsticks, Justin. No, they use their fingers. They strum, they use their finger, they strum the strings. Well, Hello? Yeah, but that was like a few times. You know, I uh, used to play guitar. <laughs> I, I used to play, uh, not guitar, rock band. I was really oh, good now at you're it. trying to turn me on. Because uh-huh. you know, you, you know Listen, I find you irresistible. I, I could sing Roxanne on level easy and uh, and do pretty well. <laughs> I could never do Not the guitar, level though. level easy. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like this would be, if we were straight, would this be it? I'm like, you're too irresistible. And you're like, I play yeah. rock band. Would we have to go to HR or something if we were straight? You know what I mean? Like, we, we, Wait, well, we have to go for other reasons. Our boss was just in here. Wow. I wonder if he's listening now. He told us he listened to our last segment. I hope he's listening listening now. now. He's like, well, that really took a turn. (laughs) He's like, you guys are really terrible. Wait, do we have a call? Cliff? Do we have a call? Did a light just come on? No, but we got to go to break, though. Oh, we have an interview Is it our boss calling? I think we're pre-recording an interview in a moment. (laughs) We're going to air later, so let's just roll with it. Wait a minute. Please ignore the behind the curtain. He's talking about the rise of a popular anti-opiate. And should it be in your first aid kit? Uh, there's a lot of debate on this. Uh, it's very popular in our community, uh, and he's telling us uh, why to or not use this potentially life-saving nasal spray. Um, Dr. James Simmons on the morning beat here in about 15 minutes. Currently, though, it's time for news on the beat. You done putting notes in your little calendar, Michaela? You ready to go? I'm ready, honey. He's making making sure you're scheduled, girl. Yeah. You're organizing stuff. Yeah, honey. I love it. Thank you. What do you got for us? All right, the Biden administration is allowing a plan to move forward for raising a pride flag and installing a permanent flagpole in Christopher Park right across from Stonewall Inn and on federal property encompassed by the Stonewall National Monument. Under the Trump administration, activists were not able to raise a flagpole or pride flag despite repeated requests with the National Park Service that were ultimately not accepted. Gay City News reports that after years of disputing whether the proposed placement of the flagpole was federal land or not, the Biden administration and Secretary of the Interior, um, Deb Haaland, has received the proposal and is allowing the plan to move forward. 
This new flagpole will be permanently located front and center in the beautiful gardens inside Christopher Park. MPS Regional Director Gay Vitsky said in a letter to Michael Petrellis, an activist organizing for the flagpole's placement for years, I'm ecstatic that the rainbow flag will fly 24-7 on federal property that is part of the Stonewall's Stonewall National Monument, Petrellis said about the news. I was happy that the rainbow flag was flying on the Greenwich Village flagpole, but it was not federal property, and that was my ultimate goal. So way to go. That's a very big deal. Very exciting. Love it. Now, while out, Senator Kristen, I'm sorry, Kirsten Cinema denounced a group of immigration activists who followed her into a bathroom to try to get her to support immigration reform. President Joe Biden seemed pretty relaxed about the incident, calling it part of the process. Cinema's opposition to Democrats' Build Back Better bill, as well as the money she has received from corporations, her support for the 60-vote filibuster rule that's blocking most Democratic initiatives and her flippant attitude towards her constituents have put her in the spotlight for the past few weeks. Yesterday, immigration activists associated with Living United for Change in Arizona <laughs> tried to confront her about it at Arizona State University and posted the video to social media. In the video, Cinema went into a public bathroom. Um, well, activists tried to talk her about talk to her about immigration. As the activists followed her, uh, one activist named Blanca talked to Cinema while she was in the stall and told her that both of her grandparents got deported in 2010 and that she could not go to Mexico when her grandfather grandfather died. Now look, I don't think it's right to follow somebody into the bathroom. I think that there is a point where you have to like, if they're on the stall, let it go. I will say that these people are desperate. You know, I, if I couldn't have been able to see my grandmother uh, die, be there while she passed away, I would have been devastated, especially if it was due to this, these laws that just don't seem fair. Yeah, activists are activists for a reason. You know, yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying you need to follow somebody into the restroom, but if you're not being heard because, because somebody's not doing their job and they're not listening to you and doing what they were elected by the people to do, you have to take, and I know that like it's kind of kind of goes back to how we were always taught. You don't speak about two things at the dinner table: politics and religion. Well, that's because old straight white guys who ran the country didn't want you to bring up those things because as soon as we start talking about them, we have questions. Yeah, and we have demands, and they don't like that. The people who are in charge don't like it. Hate it. So if she's being challenged, guess what? You were elected to do a job. Do it. Yeah. I. I it's that simple. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, in other news, we've got uh, members of the Catholic clergy in France sexually abused more than 200,000 minors over the last seven decades. According to a landmark report set to be published today, the numbers are based on estimates from a survey for the commission led by the French National Institute of Health and Medical Research, when including victims of abusers who were not clergy, but had other links to the church, such as Catholic schools and youth programs. The number of possible abuse victims rises to 330,000. In presenting the findings, uh, the president of the Independent Commission on Sexual Abuse in the Church said children were more likely to be abused within Catholic church settings than in state-run schools, summer camps, or in any setting other than the family. The investigation was commissioned in 2018 by French Catholic clergy groups, and many church leaders hope the findings, as horrific as they are, will lead to real change within the church. Children are more likely to be sexually abused in Catholic schools and churches than in almost every other area of their lives. Come on. That's insane. And you and I went, were raised Catholic. Yes. I went to Catholic school. So did you. Absolutely. And, and I tell you what, <laughs> it's too much. I, it's, I know. It's a lot. I know. It's, I know. Let's personal. get into weather. It's okay. Uh, it's going to be a high of 79 in LA today, 81 in Vegas, 91 in Palm Springs, a high of 86 in Miami, 
70 in Atlanta, 66 in Chicago, 82 in Sacramento, 91 in Cathedral City, and 91 in La Quinta. Now give us a vibe of the day. It is not so much where your motivation comes from, but rather how it manages to survive. Find a way of holding on to it. Love that. All right, coming up, Dr. James Simmons joins us to talk about the COVID vax and how it's costing students and spouses. Uh, We'll have that conversation next for What the Health. Welcome back to the Morning Beat. We just found out moments ago that Adele has music coming out next weekend. We're She's not just okay. Um, and so, uh, Justin, don't even tell me what to say right now. I'm just going to let us let our listeners know this: that right now, I understand we have Dr. James Simmons, our nurse practitioner, to talk about a global pandemic, uh, and that's really great. Thank you, Dr. James, for being here. Thank you. But um, Adele is like the vaccine we've been waiting I'm for. I'm really, really excited. <laughs> Be here for this Adele announcement. Actually, this is really the only okay. James Simmons, I just hit my mic. Sorry. Are you like, are you as gagged as we are? Like, we haven't had music since 25. twenty five. Now we're getting oh, yeah. thirty Six years. Yeah, isn't this wild? And I do have to say, I mean, completely tangential, right? I have I, I love live means. music, like pre pandemic, and I, I got to see Adele at the Staples Center here in Los Angeles, <sighs> and I, I it was absolutely one of the greatest, just like vocal performances yes. I have ever seen. Yes. She's funny. She's kitschy. She's an, as talented yes. as we all think she is. I'm super excited for and this. And she's coming with a new look, honey. We have not seen this side of Adele. She is like in shape. She's got long hair. Justin, put that she's sign down. She's got lip fillers. Our we understand what we listen, need to talk about. Justin, but we've been James talking about Simmons COVID for two years. Us. Okay, can we have Justin. one moment with James Simmons where we're excited? Guess you what? know what me and James did? Yeah. Me and James mm-hmm. bonded over CeCe Peniston this Tell weekend him. because he was so excited. So I tagged him in all my posts. And then CeCe Peniston reposted James Simmons. Listen, okay, so we get it. I'm gonna say the this. vaccines are real. Justin, listen, Justin, we've been a glo- we've been in the global panorama for two years now, and it's driving us crazy. We all need something to get happy about. Okay, and if and, we haven't won a macaroni yet, we're never gonna. So can we just talk about Adele? Simmons has been over here saving lives for two years. Right now, we all need to kiki a bit. Okay, James if you want to join the conversation, you can. Out about the fact, right, that Michaela like tagged me in a post this weekend about Cece, and then Cece reposted it and was like sent heart emojis in mm-hmm. my DMs. Can you believe? Okay, that? Right. can I give you some tea, and then we'll get into the good stuff. Cece Peniston yes. is Lisa's favorite, favorite, favorite icon. So then I DM'd her, and I was like, "You're an icon, whatever." So we're talking back and forth. They said, please come back on the show whenever you want. She went on to say, I just want you to know that I've watched you from the the beginning and you have a voice on you, girl. And then she started following me. So James Simmons, I think we may have a chance to get closer to CeCe Peniston. And maybe we can all go to the Adele concert with (laughs) CeCe Peniston. Hey. With Cece, and then meet Adele backstage afterwards, and then we all become best friends. Listen. Listen. Global panorama or not. Nurse practitioner James Simmons is a gay man, first and foremost. Yeah, so he is. let's all let that. With taste, honey. With I, taste, might I, I, I add. I got my gay man license long before I got Amen. my Amen. Amen. Okay, all right. Into that. Let's be adults for a moment. We'll get back to, we're going to talk about Adele a little bit later. I'm sure we're going to talk about her nonstop okay. for the entire the entire holiday Fine. season. Look, he's going to stop talking about it. This is actually really, really scary stuff. This this pandemic. Oh, God. Back to the pandemic, right? Uh, this one hits home for you, though, because student nurses who refuse the vaccination uh, are struggling right now to complete degrees. So this anti-vaxxer sort of uh, wave that's taken over the nation and and, and really affected the globe is now affecting uh, the future of nursing in America. Why should we be concerned about this? 
I mean, listen, we already have something, and I, I'm really careful about using the, the term nursing shortage because there's sort of a stigma about that sort of puts that on nurses or people who are going into the nursing profession. Part of the reason that there is a shortage is because the, the profession as a whole is not as supported as it needs to be, from hospitals to clinics to all of those things. But at the end of the day, when it comes to sheer numbers, we just don't have enough nurses to properly care for uh, the, the general public here in the United States under our current healthcare structure. And so what do we do? We educate new nurses, right? And there's lots of new nursing schools, and most of them are really good. I will refrain from commenting on others. But one of the biggest requirements for going into nursing school, I had to do it as a baby RN and then again as a nurse practitioner, is there are a boatload of vaccinations that we have to get before you can go in and even look at a patient in the hospital environment or a clinical environment. Hepatitis B, and we had to get our influenzas. That was not uh, uh, optional for us at all. There's so many different vaccinations, your MMRs and all these different things. That's just part of being a nurse. And I think being a responsible healthcare provider, when you were in with people at the bedside, doing things with and to and, and in conjunction with patients. And then for these people to you know, lean on the, the myths and disinformation and say, well, I'm going to refuse to get this vaccine because of X, Y, and Z reason, and then get mad when nursing schools are like, well, you're not going to be able to finish your degree because you can't finish your clinical hours. Mm-hmm. To me, that's like, okay, I- I'm sorry, sis, but you got to go find a different career. Or you can become an RN, but then you never never work in a clinical environment. I don't want someone who is not fully vaccinated and protected as a patient, like when I, I well, inevitably happens someday, I'll be a patient again in a hospital. I don't want someone taking care of me who's not fully vaccinated. That exposes me. And I think bottom line, this like shouldn't even be an issue. If you don't want to get the vaccine, sis, find a different job. Well, this is something that's very interesting to me. Sorry that I cut you off, AJ Gibson. I'm still thinking about it. Why well, you have multiple um, thoughts about thoughts I, about this? I do. Well, because I think this is interesting. Louisiana health system. They're actually taking it a step further. They're going to charge workers two hundred dollars for unvaccinated spouses. So that's where it gets a little bit tricky because I feel like if there's a healthcare worker that's like, listen, I'm vaccinated, I believe in being vaccinated, but my partner is fighting me on it, these healthcare workers are not going to have to pay if their partner is adamant about not getting vaccinated. So it puts you in a tricky spot. Some gray area here. Yeah, what do you think? I mean, this $200 a month is pales in comparison to the, oh, you know, Ten to $15,000 a day minimum that it costs to take care of someone in the ICU. So I'm not, I will almost never side with insurance companies. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just going to be honest about that, right? Our, I get it. Our healthcare system is backwards. I, I'm, I'm not necessarily a capitalist, like all of those things. All of that being said, at the end of the day, people who are unvaccinated are very taxing on our healthcare system as it is currently structured. And those individuals, when they get sick and they go into hospitals, spend weeks, weeks. I, I call him my buddy. We argue about football all the time. I have a 26-year-old right now who is on day 47 in the hospital. Mm. Most of those were oh in the God. ICU. Wow. Unvaccinated, no other underlying healthcare conditions, And we're just now downgrading him out of the ICU. Mm. And so multiply 47 times 15,000 minimum, let alone all the other massive things that we had to do early on in his course. And that's just one person. I totally 
get this. I totally understand that. Listen, there are some financial ramifications for you not falling in line or whatever you want to call it and doing your the, the best to protect the community and frankly to protect a healthcare system that we've seen how fragile it is when these numbers surge. That's $705,000 by the way. You know, my partner was in uh in a hospital who's admitted for 6 nights. 6 nights. Uh, Cedars recently, not COVID related. He was totally healthy. Uh, the person next to him had COVID. A uh, $145,000 bill. Awesome. Thank God for insurance, yeah. but $145,000. So if you don't have insurance, that bankrupts it's you. It's over. Uh, well, I want to talk to you, Dr. James Simmons, about something else that's really important. Uh, queer people are stocking up on this life saving nasal spray, um, but we're starting to run out. And what do we do? What is it used for? And what happens if it's all gone when it comes to overdoses? We continue our conversation uh, in What the Health, Dr. James Simmons. Welcome back to What the Health with our nurse practitioner, Dr. James Simmons. Say that three times fast. Uh, you know, Doc, we wanted to ask you about the story we saw on Queer Tea the other day uh, that people of our members of our community, queer people, are stocking up on a life-saving nasal spray um, and and why it might be a problem. So what is the spray first and foremost, and why are they stocking up on it, and why should or shouldn't they be doing this? This is fantastic that queer people and, and everyone really are stocking up on this. So Narcan is, it comes in a nasal spray or in a, an injectable, and it reverses very immediately, it reverses uh, the effects of an opioid overdose. So if, I'm going to take you back to, to science class a little bit here. So opioids spill these receptors that make us feel really, really good and you sort of get high. Well, Narcan comes in and actually replaces instantaneously all of the opioid that's attached to those receptors in our cells and kicks them out. So you go from being like super high and, and possibly overdosing to instantaneously we kick all of those things off of the cells. And I've seen it in person many, many times. Individuals will literally, it's almost like a movie. They will like literally like wake up, gasp for air, all of those things. Unfortunately, if you don't have Narcan around and someone has overdosed or had, had too much of an opioid, that can lead to death very, very quickly. And in fact, you know, the latest statistics are that 93,000 people died of some sort of form of drug overdose in the United States. That's in 2019. The numbers for 2020 were really, really scared are going to be much, much, much higher. Almost half of those were opioid related. This is a really, really big epidemic, particularly with new types of opioids that are so much stronger, like fentanyl, which is 100 times stronger than morphine. Um, and individuals are getting a hold of those things. They're smoking them, they're shooting them, they're taking them in pill form. So I feel like having Narcan around, everyone having something like Narcan around is going to be so critical. You know, it's just really interesting. I, um, I just a personal story. My mom was with a woman for a long time, and um, she unfortunately did die of a drug overdose. And I remember that we had Narcan in the house specifically for that reason. And so it feels a little bit triggering, um, but I do think it's important to have. I think that... I mean, so she knew that she, she could have an issue with the drugs, and so she well, had it she on did. hand? Yeah, she, I mean, wow. she did have a, a drug issue, and it was, you know, it was known. Um, and it, it started very much having a back surgery that turned into... Uh, abusing the pills and uh, there was a drug issue before back surgery. She'd gotten sober. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think this is a story for a lot of people. Um, but, you know, we find that especially 
after this pandemic, people have had to face a lot of hard truths sitting uh, at home alone for two years. And uh, sometimes, you know, just taking pills or, or doing things makes it a little bit easier. But what happens if there is a Narcan shortage? I mean, that's like yeah, a really that real thing. Yeah, I, I don't think that we necessarily uh, are fearing a shortage of Narcan nece- right now. But I think as more people become aware of this and do things like your your friend and family, Michaela, and ha- have that, this around, um, you, you know, that that's a potentially a problem. Listen, I, I'm much more of a harm reduction type of person. So I think we have seen from, you know, Just Say No to Drugs to all of these different campaigns that punitive ways and telling people, you know, you just have to stop using drugs doesn't address the complexities of why people use and abuse legal and illegal substances. So until someone gets to a place in their life where they want to stop or they can stop, we have to be able to protect people and keep them alive. Right. And so I think that there, for those out there listening who may, you know, whether you're able to admit this to yourself or not or are seeking help or not, you know, if you have a problem with prescription opioids, non-prescription opioids, things like morphine, fentanyl, heroin, all of those things, you know, I, I really think it's important. Get some Narcan. You can, you can literally walk into a pharmacist anywhere and just say, I need some Narcan, and they will have a conversation with you about it. This is not something where you need to like, necessarily go to a provider, get a prescription. There are, you know, uh, uh, never, there's the never use alone uh, line, 1-800-484-3731, that is available in the U.S., you can call anonymously if you want, and someone will actually stay on the phone with you while you're using. And if you need help, they can send someone to help you. You know, if, if you are, have difficulties with these, these medications and these drugs, I urge you to get help if you can. But either way, don't ever use alone and have Narcan on hand. It can literally be the difference between life and death. Yeah, thank you so much, Dr. James Simmons. Um, uh, you know, I think that also while we're having this conversation, um, what are there things to do? What are things to notice if somebody does have a drug problem or what is something that, you know, if you're living with somebody that may have a drug problem, how do you have this conversation with them, with keeping the Narcan in the house, with also letting them know? Because sometimes, you know, people that have an addiction tend to be a little bit defensive and, you know, we don't want to make anybody feel bad, but you want to, you know, have all the safety precautions. Absolutely. You know, I I really feel like in so many different ways, you know, bluntness can be sometimes the best depending on the situation, right? You, you having a conversation with someone when they are in an altered state of consciousness because of a drug um, or, or a legal or illegal medication, don't do it at that time. When you have an opportunity, when someone is sober and you can say, Hey, listen, I'm really concerned that I think, you know, that you might have an issue with with pills or with opioids or whatever. I'm not judging you. I want to be here to help you. And I want you to be around forever. Right. Mm -hmm. And you'll figure this out. But I just need you to know that, like, in my house or here, we're going to keep some Narcan on hand. I'm going to give you this spray. You can put it in your pocket. There's going to be one in the, you know, bathroom medicine cabinet. We're going to keep these around. And I urge you, please, if you're going to, like, continue to do these me- these drugs, don't do them alone. You know, also, when you're ready for help, I'm here to help you. Sometimes that just acknowledging it up front, sometimes it's going to piss people off, you know. And I, But I think that's okay because ultimately most people who are in these situations most people, not everyone, but most people in these situations get to a place where they really 
don't want to be doing this anymore. They just don't know how to stop. Well, yeah, and yes. it's so incredibly addictive. It's great advice. It might make them upset in the moment, but in a moment when it could you know, save their life, they're going to know that you're there for them. And, and that's really, really fantastic yeah. advice, James. Thank you so much for thank that. Thank you Absolutely. so much, Dr. James Simmons, for joining us as always. Of course, my pleasure, y'all. All right, coming up, uh, Andrew Krasny, uh, tennis from the Tennis Channel, BNP, talking about BNP uh, Paribas Open, is joining us. Uh, I know AJ's very excited. Tennis You're the is biggest back tennis to fan ever, and we're going to discuss how you can check it out coming up next. Welcome back to the Morning Beat. Now, I'm so excited to finally tell you that the BNP Paribas Open is happening in Indian Wells, and here to tell us all about it is Andy uh, Andrew Krasny from the Tennis Channel. Andrew, how are you? You can call me Andy. My I, mom and dad do. You can call me Andy. It's all I, good. I just all got right. very, very casual with you. You know, yeah, a couple Andy. years ago we had you on the show, and and then a pandemic happened, and things got wild. And I will tell you, uh, during that time, I actually did go out to La Quinta at one point, and we drove by the tennis center there at Indian Wells, and I was blown away by how gorgeous and just how stunning the entire space was. Um, qualifying is happening. The yep. tournament is right around the corner. Mm-hmm. What do our it's listeners? Here. What do our listeners need to know? Okay, so here's the deal, guys. Tennis is back in the desert. We're celebrating the return to tennis paradise. Uh, I know I'm doing. The, I have the right career path because talking to you gives me the chills. Uh, I, I can't. Aww. I'm super emotional. I mean, we're back, right? We were the first major sporting event uh, to cancel. We were the first sporting event in the valley to cancel, and now we're the first sporting event back in the desert. And all the players are here. I just flew. In. I live part time in the desert. But I just flew in from an event in Chicago. Flew in uh, with some players. I, I, I tell you, they're all here, and it's huge. I did a, if you think about it, the names. Have you guys heard about who's in the Valley playing, getting ready to play tennis? Who's there? Who? So we got, well, listen, we're celebrating stars. Daniil Medvedev, who just won the U.S. Open, who stunned Novak Djokovic. So good. Uh, the number one Russian is on par to become a major player in our game. Emma Raducanu, the teenager who won the U.S. Open. She's from Great Britain. She is what everyone is speaking about right now in professional sports. She won the hearts Uh, of a lot of people, too, when she won that title. I mean, listen to that. She was a qualifier. She played all the way through. She she won the U.S. Open after a successful run at Wimbledon. Then she came out to the States. She got a wild card up in San Jose. She lost in the first round. Everybody was wondering what's happening with her, and she's embraced this success she's here she's a wild card we're ready to watch her play she's already practicing uh we have the the most successful arab player in wta tennis history on who is just at a career high ranking of 14 in the world she made it to the finals in chicago last week uh she's here garbinia muguruza lover grand slam champion from spain i love saying her name she's here she won in chicago a couple days ago uh, felix jose aliasim who's poised to win his first title he's a canadian we have a ton of canadians in the valley who are excited to see him and and bianca andrescu who her first title ever was a couple of years ago here she's our defending champion and then she went on to win the u.s open yeah she she's become a little bit of a nemesis to serena williams uh you know i tennis is changing right now and the world has changed so much but there are so many young stars rising stars the future of tennis is all in indian wells right now mm-hmm. uh getting ready to sort of like usher in a new era it's very as an as a tennis fan it's very very exciting time to to, to exactly. be a part of the and sport so the past you know we, listen kim Kleisters yes mounting a comeback She's here in the Valley, Andy Murray, the first Brit to win Wimbledon in almost 80 years, and he's also a U.S. Open champion. Andy Murray's here. I mean, there's 
There's so much happening in terms of our sport, and it's such a cyclical sport, right? But the good news is, look, you got to be vaccinated. you got to show proof of vaccination to get on site. We're being very diligent about it. It's a safe environment. Um, it really is a big celebration, right? For those of us who live, love, and breathe tennis, this is like finding where the wizard lives on the Wizard of Oz. I'm going to say yeah. this. I'm going to say this. Coco Golf is looking pretty good, hitting some balls in Indian Wells. I'm just saying, I'm a fan. I know, just saying. She's <laughs> a, yeah, I'm telling you, she's. We did the women's draw ceremony yesterday, you guys, and I was looking up on the board, and they read one or two sections of the draw, and it dawned on me as I'm sitting there holding my microphone and talking that any one of these players that we were mentioning have a potential to win that beautiful Baccarat trophy. And that mm. doesn't happen every year. Usually we look up there and, yeah, it's going to be Serena. Oh, it's going to be Roger. I mean, on the men's side, we're going to have a first-time champion. And mm. look at the star power that's here. That's pretty exciting as well. Well, Good this is stuff. very iconic. We're on the phone with Andrew Krasny. We're so excited about the Parabot Open. You can uh, go to BNP. Uh, ParabasOpen.com and get all the information that you need. This is incredible. I will say, I never grew up as a big tennis uh, fan. I played soccer, but seeing the way these players come together, especially after this pandemic, it just looks like such a great time. It's so exciting to see people doing what they love to do, and we're so happy that you joined us. Well, this is also hey, listen, a lot of... I couldn't have said that better, Michaela. Thank you. And also, TennisParadise.com for all the information you need, and for any listeners who want to know what to do about the protocols, right? It's bmpperryboutopen.com slash plan your visit. Yeah, I will tell so, you, uh, many players on tour say this, they call this the fifth slam, and they say this is their favorite spot, a favorite stop on the tour every single year. Uh, if you've ever been there, you know why. Get tickets, they're still available. Thank you yes, so much, Andrew, for stopping thank by. thank you. Thanks, guys. Can't wait to see you out there. I come on, oh, come on. breaking news this morning. Hello. Hello. Don't you dare. It's me. Try to oversing Adele. I was wondering if okay, turn that off. Turn it off, Justin. Michaela. Stop. Turn her mic off. Michaela, I am your most supportive friend. I support you all day, every day. I play your music on repeat on Spotify, on mute, just so you get the listens. Okay, you can turn her back on if she's going to be a good girl. All right, I'm going to be good. Don't ever, Hello? ever think for a moment that that support means that I believe you're on par with Adele. <laughs> so let's just be clear. Yet, right. yet is the word I want right, to say. All right, I'm done. Yet. I'm yet. done. I'm done. Should I give up? She's teasing. Should I just keep Turn chasing. her off again. Okay, so we've got some audio for you in a moment. If Michaela can be a big girl and be an adult for a second because we have a d- audio of Adele's new single. Okay, she's I'll teasing. I'll be quiet. I'll be quiet. I'll be quiet. Okay, do you want to you want to tee it up? This is news on the beat, and this is the biggest news of the day if you're a gay. Um, so I feel like you God. should do this. All right, we haven't had music. You I hit my mic because I got nervous. Your, you get nervous. I, know, I, I got nervous. We haven't had new music since 25, the album 25. Uh-huh. But now, rumor has it, Taylor Swift is pushing her album Red, that she's also released 17 times already, so like, get over it, Tay. She's pushing the release up so that Hadell can release... Her new album. Possibly on November 19th. 30. Now, we thought they were just rumors until confirmation came out. Rumor has it. Rumor Rumor has has it. it. Rumor has it. It's true. That Easy On Me is her new single coming out next Friday. We've got audio of the teaser. Take a listen. Don't ever put a drum roll into Adele ever again, Justin. Ew. Straight man.
Okay, we I, are not well. Can I just say it? Sounds like every song she's ever put out, and I don't care. It sounds amazing. I don't care either. Just, just the piano sounds like Adele. Do you know what I mean? It just sounds like it, no, nobody else does it like her. People try to copy her, but they can't. How could you? Nobody could. She's everything. Nobody could. I, we have not had Adele music. Let's put this into context. Since Barack Obama was our president. What? This is the most iconic day of my life. I just, I feel like I've been jonesing for new music. And as much as I love, and there's no Tino Shade because we love them on the radio. I love Dua Lipa. I love Kim Petras. Yeah, they're I cute. love all Alessia Cara. They're cute yes, for a minute. Yes, I love Doja Cat. Adele? It's different. She's Adele different. is like Whitney to me. She's our Whitney. She's our, our generation's Whitney. She really is. Or Barbara. Like or she's, Barbara. She's one of those icons that's like, oh, she can do no wrong. And also, this album is called 30, about her 30th year, and she's currently 33. So they've been working on this thing for a minute. Listen, I will be honest with you. I'm not allowed to say it, but I sang at Aishmamel's 30th birthday. Aishmamel? Somebody I sang at. Somebody I sang for. Okay. Happy <laughs> and, birthday. And it was, it, was a, it was shortly after that 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 Shmamel got a divorce. Oh, God. So going into 30 was not easy for Shmamel. I'm sure it has nothing to do with Adele, but... Well, Adele, though, did go through a big breakup in 2019. Yeah. And divorce leads to the best music. Heartbreak, honey. Always. Heartbreak. We need the heartbreak. All right, let's get into weather because that's all the news I need to give today. (laughs) That's all I care about. That's all the news I'm giving the rest of this week. I don't care about gay news. I don't care about COVID. She is gay news. She is gay news. She's And she is like the vaccine. She is all of the things. She's saving us. We thought it was Dolly all along. It's not Dolly. It wasn't Dolly. It was Adele. It was Adele. God, we love you, Adele. What's Adele's last name? Do we know? Atkins. How did you know that? I thought it was Dazim. Adele Dazim. Oh, God. Remember John Travolta? Yeah. All right. It's going to be a high of 91 in La Quinta, 91 in Cathedral City. It's going to be a high of... Because I got excited. Who cares what the weather is? 82 in Sacramento. It's going to be hot, <laughs> hot, hot in LA. It's going to be hot, hot, hot in Miami. It's going to be hot, hot, hot in Florida as we await Adel Nazim. Adel Nazim. <laughs> Here's your vibe of the day. It is not so much where your motivation comes from, but rather how it manages to survive. I'm surviving right now because I'm completely motivated by the fact that Adele has new music coming out and my life has Wait, meaning bitch, again. I've got news. What? Is that real tea? That's real. I've heard that, yeah. What have you heard? But have you heard or is it true, Justin? I've well, heard a lot of things. If you read the gossip mags, yeah. Justin, let me see it. Oh, for the love of God, show him before I say it on air. Wait, Adele lives in Palm Springs? If you look at some of the gossip columns, yeah, she has a house there. She probably has houses all over the place. Yeah, that was literally how I read the board. I was like, wait, she lives in Palm She used to go to my uh, my fiance's ex-place of employment, and he was a server, and it was a, it was a sushi restaurant, very popular in Los Angeles, and she would sit there and request him every single time. And one day, after Lady Gaga performed at the Super Bowl halftime show, she asked him what he thought of Gaga, and he said she was iconic. And Adele says, you know what, I agree. Yes, respectfully. <laughs> All right, coming up, Doc Halligan is joining us to talk about pets consuming drugs and the dangers that are associated with it, how you can protect your pet coming up next. All right, this is a very serious conversation because as more and more states legalize things like marijuana, um, more and more pets are ingesting it. How do we keep our pets safe when my dog in particular gets into just about everything? We're joined by our celebrity veterinarian, our in-house vet, Doc Halligan. Doc, thank you so much for joining us. How are you? Hey, good morning. So this is real, and and our dog literally will put everything in his mouth. Uh, For some reason, he never chews on our shoes, which we really appreciate. He doesn't chew our furniture, which we love, but 
you leave a sock out or, or anything that looks like it could be a toy, it's in his mouth. A couple weeks ago, um, he ate a suppository, uh, and we were nervous, and we watched him, and we watched him, and he was fine, thank goodness. But... From time to time, we have edibles and, and marijuana sitting around because we live in California and we're humans. Um, but what happens if a dog ingests something like an edible or some marijuana? Uh, what are the first steps? Well, it can be deadly if a pet ingests an edible, depending on how much they ingest and their size. See, uh, years ago when we didn't have it legalized, we would see marijuana poisoning, but they never died because um, they can't ingest enough. They get too high before they would have a problem from it. But now with the edibles, they have that concentrated butter. And there was a cocker spaniel that ate like a whole thing of uh, butter and died from it. Mm. So it can be lethal now that you have the edible and the butters. I mean, you really have to be careful. Dogs explore their environment with their mouth. So you have to pay attention. And if you see your pet to go to get something, see if you can get it out. If you know it ingested um, something that's dangerous, we can make them vomit it up. You can also use hydrogen peroxide at home. But it's better to err on the side of caution um, because they can have a problem. And if you do notice your pet acting uh, not normal, you have to take it to the vet mm. because it's it's very dose-dependent. depends on the weight of the dog and how much THC, which is the culprit, right, the right. THC, they ingested. Yeah, according to the ASPCA Poison Control Center, you know, number of cases of, of cannabis ingestion in dogs alone has increased almost 300% in the last five years. I mean, that's a big, big jump because we're, we're seeing this. It's more common. It's more socially accepted, uh, you know, across the country. And so it's just readily available. Uh, so it, it's good to know what sort of signs should we look for? Because it's easy to crack jokes and be like, oh, my dog's stumbling around or my dog's like being lazy or has the munchies. But in real, like in real talk, what sort of signs do we look for? Are they the same in dogs as they are in humans? No, the symptoms of toxicity are different. So they'll be dribbling urine. They'll be lethargic. They can act stoned, have kind of a weird look in their face. And you know what will happen is the client, an older couple will come in, and I'll, go, I'll know right away. And so, you know, you say, do you have any, any uh, marijuana at your house? No, but they pick up like a roach on their walk. So that's what's so weird when the clients get very, what? I don't, I don't smoke pot. It's, uh, you know, people are throwing it outside and the dogs, they eat it. So you just have to watch what your pet's doing when you take it for a walk. And if you have edibles at home, you have to keep them away from the pets Mm. because um, it can be life-threatening. God, I just feel like it's super scary. I know that it was something that you've taught us quite a few times is that you can always put a little tiny bit of peroxide to make the dogs or any, mm-hmm. any animals throw mm-hmm. up whatever mm-hmm. they've ingested. But would the peroxide counteract uh, like weed or some kind of drug that, that you didn't mean for them to get? No. Uh-uh. If, you go, if your dog just inhales a bunch of toxic substance, it's, it's you're okay to give it like one teaspoon per 10 pounds of hydrogen peroxide and make it vomit. I mean, I've done that as an owner. Just It works. It just makes them vomit it up. you got to get it out of their system. Now, you probably still need to take them to the vet because then we can, you know, monitor them. But um, it's safe to give a dog, not a cat, 
hydrogen peroxide to make them vomit up something that they've eaten, such as too much edibles. Um, but, you know, you should call your vet and, and, and address it with them before you do it, just to make sure you have a place to take them to. But, you know, um, it's better to be safe than sorry. We do have apomorphine that we give as an injection that'll make them vomit. But owners at home can use hydrogen peroxide very safely, and then we can <clears throat> give them Toxaban to help absorb anything that might have already gotten in their system. Hmm. Yeah, that's good to Super know. Super interesting. It's really good to know. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Doc Halligan. Yeah. You always answer our questions, okay. and we appreciate Aww, you. I love being on. Thanks so much, you guys. We love you. If you have any okay. more questions, always go visit DocHalligan.com or uh, download her podcast, Unleashed. Uh, it's incredible, and we appreciate you so, so much. Thank you again. All right, thanks. Bye. All right, coming up, we had a really great conversation about Carl Nassib. Uh, he waited to come out, even through the pandemic, and he tells us uh, out of his own mouth why. Coming up next. Tell me something good. Listen, we do live radio five days a week. And, yeah. And uh, a lot of good things happen while we're on the air. And we're going to tell you a couple of good things right now, but let's just be real honest. Nothing's going to top what happened this morning as we got news, a Come teaser on. from on. the queen herself. Come on. Adele has new music coming out. Say it. We shared a bit of the audio with you earlier. Uh, we should share just a bit again, Justin, because I feel like our listeners deserve it. Go off, daddy. Uh, so before we get to tell me something good, uh, Same for the end. here's something. What, should we end with it? Yeah. yeah. Hang okay. in there because we've got something great for you at the end of this little bit. Uh, and it has to do with Adele. She's our queen. Uh, California's governor. Gavin Newsom, still our governor, thank God to the recall, being swatted down by voters, uh, did something really, really iconic. Uh, you know, back in 1912, we're going to go back a bit, Charles and Willa Bruce bought a small plot of land in the Manhattan Beach area. Uh, they paid a little over a grand for it, opened a popular beach resort for black people particularly, right? It was called Bruce's Beach. It was the first resort for black Americans in the West. Yet about 12 years later, the local council forced the Bruces to sell it again against their will. Manhattan Beach authorities said they needed a park there and paid $14,000 for it. The land is now worth an estimated $72 million and uh, just the other day, on Thursday, was returned. Descendants of the Bruces are free to do whatever they wish with the land. Uh, this is all because of Gavin Newsom. Okay. Our governor, $72 million worth of land he gave back to the descendants of the black family who once owned it. It's a big deal. And when we talk about things like reparations, we talk about uh, stealing culture. You know, you ever go to museums here in the United States and wonder how they have so much, uh, so many arch- artifacts from like African culture and things like that? It's because it was stolen largely. Stolen, right? Um, Native artifacts yeah. stolen yeah. by white men who think that they have ownership of other people's mm-hmm. history and their culture and their heritage. Mm-hmm. This is this is important. So reparations feels like a controversial word to some people, but this was literally us doing them wrong. Yeah. And, 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 and to get to a place where it's no longer an us and a them, we need to come together and support doing what's right. And I'm really proud, proud of our governor for this. It's a, it's a one step of many. Um, but it's, it's a step in the right direction. Yeah, this absolutely. This is really pretty awesome. All right, well, this story is incredible. I've always wanted to play to be a Playboy bunny. I love them. Dolly Parton has graced the cover. Uh, and anything that... Barb... What? I don't know why. Did your brain just die <laughs> yes. mid-sentence? I was going to say Whitney and Barbara. But neither what? have been in Playboy. 
Because we were talking, okay, so off air, we've been talking about Barbara and Whitney and the icons all morning long because Adele released uh, a teaser for new music, and literally our brains have exploded. It's been hard to get through the show, but here we are. That's it. I okay, Bretman Rock. Yes. He's making history being the first openly gay person on the cover of Playboy, 23 years old. It's the digital issue, the Hawaii-based Filipino influencer is so excited. Um and uh, listen, I think he's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. He's been growing out that hair. He's adorable. He's so funny, and I love that. But here's why I think here's what happened. Uh I'm so excited to talk about Adele. And, and play her teaser. That this is all you can think that about. That that's all I can I, think I about. I understand how your brain works. We're going to take you out because I think that's the best news all day. So I do want to remind you that Tell Me Something Good is brought to you by McDonald's at any moment that you can give a sweet relief as a moment to look forward to. Now for a limited time at McDonald's, get a small McCafe pumpkin spice latte, hot or iced for $2. Prices may vary. It was a very exciting day today. Adele, we cannot wait. We're losing our minds. So take us out with her teaser from her new album. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 